introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Another week down of virtual learning, although this week was a little bit easier because, well, we had a little hurricane over here in Houston and Sugarland and the Richmond area. Hope those people that were affected by Laura are safe and families are all safe and houses are safe and businesses and schools and all that are safe. Hope everybody made it through that. If you are a listener of this podcast and you live in Louisiana, which I know there are not quite that many, um, then I hope everybody is okay. If you're in East Texas, the Orange area, Port Aransas, those places, hope you are okay as well. Here in Houston, it was sunny days, and uh, we had two days off. Our district went back on Friday. We did not call Friday off like some other districts did, and uh, had school on Friday. Speaking of school, virtual learning is getting easier for the high school kids not so much for the elementary school kids i think they're getting a little tired of it just based on my own personal experience with my third grader and hearing from uh, fellow parents peers of mine that have kids trying to balance getting your kid educated as well as educating your students and doing your job it's tough it's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. I've had to, a uh, couple times now, pause my class just so I can help Ava uh, take her class. And because what, what is a third grader supposed to do? They don't have all the answers, even though Ava would tell you she has all the answers. Well, that's not the truth. But anyway, she doesn't. I'm not going to talk too much today. Uh, this week I do have Craig Hurdle. Somebody put it very well, I'm not going to name who that somebody is, but he's the nicest man that a lot of people haven't met yet, and I think that's very true. Craig is a very nice man, he stands out literally above everybody because he's so tall. He's the tall guy that you see at different festivals, at T-X-E-T-A, at Thespians, he's the tall guy. And a lot of people are very familiar with who he is by just his look, but not necessarily who he is as a person. So. Hopefully this will help you get to know Craig Hurdle. TXETA is one month away, and um, I will be working on the exhibits. There are going to be web pages for each exhibitor that registers for the festival. They're they're pretty simple, basic web pages, but that's what you need. Uh, you just need stuff that you can navigate easily. We're all tired of looking at our computers, so this is something you don't have to fish through. The links and all of the information you need will be right there for you. It's not as fancy as what we're doing for Thespians, but we didn't have the kind of time that Thespians has to plan, and Thespians is doing some amazing work with their virtual platform this year, and it's going to be pretty awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed BK's interview last week. Uh, There's also TTAN, which I know has been publicly announced, the advocacy group, which is amazing. And speaking of advocacy, one thing that we've started doing in Fort Bend, the theater teachers on the middle school and high school level, there are no really, there's one on the elementary level. So anyway, um, I digress. But uh, we are doing an asynchronous artist spotlight every single week. Now, I've kind of uh, gone against what my uh, what my directions have been, and we're, we're making it very synchronous. And I'm talking to the students about each individual artist and the artist spotlight focuses on BIPOC artists and LGBTQ artists 
and artists that are just not white males, as I told my students. And if they are white males, maybe um, they're, you know, they have some sort of uh, non-majority difference about them. They are either gay, they could even be handicapped um, in some ways and have persevered through that to become successful in theater and the arts. I'm actually reaching out to some of these professionals and hoping that I can get an interview with them, not necessarily for this podcast, although that would be a bonus, but uh, I'm reaching out to them just to ask them questions so that the students know these people are accessible. All you have to do with most of these artists is just ask if uh, you can have a moment of their time. And I've already received responses uh, from some artists. I'm not going to name names because I haven't necessarily received what I need. I've only received, uh, I've gotten that initial point of contact with a few of them. So uh, once once those things are in the can, if you will, as the professionals say, then I will by all means share some of that information with you um, as as they allow it. So I'm very excited about that. Enough of your time. This isn't the longest interview in the world with Craig. Uh, to be honest, the, the phones weren't doing so well. I was a little upset that my cable only put it in your left ear. You know, so nothing against Craig Hurdle. Uh, I could have talked to him for quite a long time, especially about sports. But um, we that's not what this podcast is about. We want to, and there's my daughter screaming. They were getting along so great. I think that just means that I should stop talking. Everybody enjoy this interview with Craig Hurdle. I'm one of those theater guys around the Winnet Clay scene in Texas. Uh, I grew up in a very small town out west on the way to Lubbock. Uh, it's called Benjamin. Uh, population was 308 when I was growing up. I think it's in the 200s now. Uh, and uh, And really didn't know much about theater at all. I, my dad was a, had a gas station and worked on cars and sold used cars. And uh, my mom was a stay at home mom for a long time and later worked for the post office and at the courthouse. Uh, I got two brothers and grew up kind of uh, naive in a small town, riding my bicycle around. Um, I really, my first real thing of theater, I had this, I had this crazy teacher who was amazing. Darlene Bellinghausen, and she uh, got a bunch of junior high kids together and took us to Austin to watch the state finals of eight in the Black play. And uh, I, I'd never seen really good plays before, and I didn't really know what I was seeing, but uh, it was kind of eye-opening for me. I, actually, one of the plays we saw is kind of historic. Uh, um, Celie Turner directed the Amen Corner um, in one state with it that year. And that's kind of a history. I hear people talk about that production. Well, I saw that, you know, as a junior high kid. Uh, and I knew it was good. I didn't know much theater, but man, I knew that was good. Um, and then I did one act play in high school. Our school was not necessarily good. Uh, I tell people sometimes, uh, yeah, yeah. my entire high school career, we advanced one time, one year. My wow. freshman year, we advanced one time. So I did not, you know, I wasn't around well, you know, what people would call successful program or whatever when I play. Um, what really got me going in is um, my junior year and senior year of high school, uh, my partner and I made it to state in uh, CX debate. And we so we competed in Austin. And 
and you know, before or after we got knocked out, I guess <laughs> we our teacher took us to watch some of the state final plays my senior and senior years. So once again, I saw some really good plays, and I thought, man, this stuff's kind of cool. So then I kind of got interested in college. I dabbled. College, I didn't know what I was going to do. I changed major about six, seven, eight times. Um, but that whole, some of the UIL stuff kind of kept calling to me, and I, I decided to be a teacher. And, uh, and yeah. And I, actually, my two English and PE were my two teaching fields. I didn't even have a degree in theater. <clears throat> Uh, and I, my first job was a really small school near Vernon. It's called Northside, six-man football, uh, involved in luck things. I did coaching of football and basketball. Uh, I drove a bus route. And I don't know how many of the academic contests that I sponsored, several. When I played, it was just one of them. Uh, and I, I was there for five years. And um, at that point, I kind of was like my you know this coaching thing it's got rewards but really the academic stuff is what i really was was interested in and driven by or whatever and i i decided to go to the ut summer theater workshop thing that they used to do that five-week thing they used to do as a teacher and i went through that program and that kind of opened my eyes and and i moved to a new school i moved to lindsay high school at that time um, and the UT summer thing, uh, this amazing lady named Jackie Bromstead, who used to be a professor at UT, was I worked with her, and it and it really took me to the next level. And then I guess I was hooked. And so when I was at Lindsay, I had some kids that were pretty serious and a community that kind of knew about UIL, and so we had a pretty pretty strong program that we were able to build. But not necessarily when I play. Um, we, we had some success in when I play, but we had success in debate and some other things more than when I play early on. Um, and so I did that for a while. And then after several years at Lindsay, I started being able to delegate some of the other contests a little more. And that gave me a little more chance to concentrate on when I play. So I felt like my plays got better. And I learned what I was doing, but it took me a long time. Some, some people come out of college and you see them, their plays are really good right off the bat. I was not one of those. I didn't know what I was doing for a long time. Uh, well, I, I, I sometimes tell people, don't be discouraged if you don't do well in the contest. I didn't advance until my fifth year of directing. Um, I did not have that much success. And then uh, I was at Lindsay for a long time, uh, and we did have some success in academics and won some state championships and had some one-act play success. And then I, for a time, I went to Gainesville, and then I went to uh, Argyle, and then I did the whole retire rehire. So I'm a half timer, but a position opened up back at Lindsay for me to be half time, and I got to be around my daughter for her high school career, and so I was like, I got to do that. So I went back into Lindsay, and uh, she graduated now, and I'm still at Lindsay doing the half time thing, and. Um, I, I've been on the judges list a few times now, so I've kind of shifted over, um, getting away from the directing and more into uh, contest managing and uh, adjudicating and things like that. So I guess that's my current status. Yeah, so you mentioned that you you were certified in PE? 
Yes. So were you an, I, I mean, were you an athlete when you were younger? Well, uh, if you know me, uh, I'm really tall. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of unavoidable that you're going to get recruited to the basketball team, right. especially in a tiny school. Uh, so I did play some basketball. I had some people talk to me about playing in college, but what I looked at, like, I, I didn't know if I wanted to do it that much, if, right. if I wanted to spend that much time. I, I decided I kind of wanted to be a student. And, uh, and so I moved away from basketball. I did coach some of it, like I said, in my early years. Right. Um, and I coached some six man football. Yeah. So tell me, I've heard of seven man. Um, I've never heard of six man football. Is that just, uh, like, <laughs> is it like, is it like flag football, but you, you are padded up sort of? Oh, oh, there's tackling and everything. Yeah. It's, it's very wide open. Yeah. Lots of scoring. Uh, there, there are occasionally there are scores where somebody gets over a hundred. So it's like that um, arena t- style. Just I, I guess so. Yes. Yeah. It's it's much more open. In eleven man, you know, if you break a tackle, that means you you gain three or four more yards. Right. In six, you break a tackle, you're probably going to score a touchdown. Right. Because <laughs> there's <laughs> not that many people, and it's uh it's a little more speed oriented. Um, you kind of spread everybody out, and then a fast person can just run through all of it and right. score a touchdown. That's funny. Um, so, so they tend to be high scoring. That's funny. Um, Did... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say one of the years that I was coaching, our um, our average points scored in our for our football team was more than our basketball team. So you know, we were averaging like fifty points a game uh, scoring. So it's it's wide open and high scoring. That's funny. Uh, what type of carryover? And I've asked this to a couple people in the past that kind of have. Uh, team background like you know they've, they've uh-huh. been a part of a team what type of carryover from that world do you take into and it doesn't necessarily have to be one act play but any of your productions where you are trying to coach up the team if you will and i you know this is a not a visual podcast so i put air quotes i put uh yeah radio air quotes on that but yeah uh, yeah 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 uh, <laughs> but what type of you know how do you how do you compare the two and do, do you even compare the two and and train them up that way when i when i was coaching you know i was fresh out of college and i was young and i i was excited and i had passion for it i mean i just would like yell all the time like encouragement all the time and then and then when i kind of myself shifting over to academics and such I, I think a lot of that passion came over with me and you know as, as I've gotten older I think I'm more efficient and I've gained some wisdom or whatever uh, I, I I have to remind myself to I have to work myself up to the passion a little bit now which was not a problem at all man you know I was so excited um, so I think the passion and then I, I think just yourself as being in charge of a group I think there was a lot of carryover from coaching sports to uh, academics and, and play that kind of being the person in charge. Some people, it, it's it's scary to be the person in charge yeah. sometimes and to be the responsible one and the one who has to organize and plan a practice or plan a rehearsal. So I think some of that carried over for me, uh, um, just how to compose myself and all that. Do you ever find yourself uh, getting into coach mode rather than director mode? <laughs> Occasionally, uh, I, I I feel that sometimes um, if there's some kind of physical demand for a play, and we're, right. we're having to stretch or there's lots of movement or 
or or, or something that's physically demanding and we're trying to be in shape and stuff, I, I feel a little of that coach mode coming back yeah. occasionally. Yeah, I've never I've never been a coach nor really an athlete. I played soccer for many years, but um, I was the goalie, so I didn't get yelled at nearly as much because I'm not, you know, I wasn't out on the on the pitch. But um, we do run during musical season. We I'm, we make the the cast run, and we yeah. encourage them to talk while they're running, uh, you know, because that that's showing their sort of um, their need to to know how to sing and and dance and all that kind of stuff. But oh, yeah. so I get that. And, and I try oh, to play coach. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's a physical, uh, there's a, certainly a physical aspect to what we do. And you know, I, that's one of the legendary things I always heard about Jerry Worsham, you know, he, that they, they, they ran for a, you know, a mile or something. They jogged a mile and then had rehearsals. So, and I, right. I know a lot of people that do that. Sort yeah. Of yeah. Cause it is physical. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm not, it's not a unique thing, but it definitely is fun. And the kids, you know, like this, I didn't sign up for PE. Well, you kind of did. So my wife always says, if you're not sweating after rehearsal, you, you never, you didn't rehearse. So yeah, that's funny. Um, what is, so, you know, a lot of people see you around and not, not only because you're, uh, active in theater, but also you kind of hover over everyone. So they, you know, you're, you're, you're a memorable, uh, director, if not only for your height, but, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> well, my students know if, if we're at a, some big thing, just to look above the heads of everybody else. Yeah. Find yeah. Yeah. You don't have to wear any flashy outfits. They, it's, <laughs> it's not, not that hard to find you, but, um, have you ever had anybody, uh, kind of approach you at one of these events? This is, this is going to sound like a very elementary question, but have you ever had anybody simply just approach you because you stand out? Um, because you're just kind of literally because you're physically taller than people and, and, and they find comfort in just singling you out. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, maybe I, I find that, um, um, like if, if I take my students to a speech tournament that people walk up to me and ask me like directions and stuff seems like a lot, even though it's, I'm a visitor there too. So I just, I don't know if, the, if it's that behind it's, yeah. or whatever. It's like wearing a red polo shirt in Target. Like, uh, you know, you're gonna, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're gonna ask you where where something is located. Sure. This guy must. Yeah, he must be one of the people. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, what? So, how, do you have a a strong opinion one way or another on if theater students or vice versa, if theater students should take speech and debate or speech and debate students should take theater? Because that's always kind of been tied together, and even like at the at junior high levels, uh, typically they are the same. Um, you yeah. Know, a lot of times, this the the theater teacher is the speech and debate coach, but once you get up to high school, it's not always that case. But do, do you try to push your one side or another your your speech and debate to do theater or your theater to do speech and debate to kind of give them the best of both worlds? Well, um, you know, and and I'm sure that this. Big part of this answer is because I'm I've been in small schools most of my career, right? Like Lindsay has like 160 something kids in high school. It's a two day right, school, right. so at, in that situation, it's pretty much has to you you cannot have them only do one because you just don't have enough kids. Um, and and I think there are complementary things about them. I, I think, um, and not just um, you know obviously doing inter and 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 being at play. There's some similar skills there, but. But I, I think some things have carried over from our debaters and our emperors. And, and I've had a lot of my really good one-act play kids have uh, been journalism kids. Or, I, 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 you know, I have um, – oh, there's one where I'm thinking 
of right now, state champion in number sense and one act play. So I, I just, you know, how to handle yourself and how to face the challenge and how to work toward that goal, I think that's important no matter what. So so I definitely you know, kind of become a carryover, do multiple things kind of guy with uh, my coaching and my right. teaching. What is what is less stressful for you, uh, one act play competition day or speech and debate tournament? Oh, one act play is the most nervous for me. I'm a miserable wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are nervous. I can't sit still. Yeah, I'll be pacing. I'll I'll walk I don't know ten miles or something in a day. I yeah. rarely sit down. Uh, I, I I can't stay still. Speech and debate. I feel like one act play is a little more me. It's on me a little right. more than speech and debate. You've prepared the kids, but the day of, especially, it's more the kids. I think. Yeah. Uh, at least that's mine. But yeah, for me, it's not close. One act play. I'm a wreck. <laughs> uh, what is it? What is a good um, a good challenge and a bad challenge when it comes to being at a school the size of Lindsay, a two A school? Take your time. <laughs> I, there's some, you know, <clears throat> um, and, and this is almost the same answer on two sides of the coin. Sure. So you get to see those kids be on the football field or run in a track meet. You, you can go see them do these other activities because a small school, not very many kids are going to just do one thing. And that's a rewarding thing for them too. You know, they're getting all these amazing experiences, but hopefully they're going to use you know, on down the road in their life. And so you can see them at the track meet or whatever. And then also then they come in and they're part of your show. And and that's glorious. Now the challenge, oh my goodness, how do you, when do you rehearse? How do you figure out when you're going to work on all these things? And so, because, you know, I have done rehearsals uh, in the morning, you know, like at, at 6.30 a.m. We've done them during um, um, tutorial or study hall kind of time. We've done them right after school. We've done them at night. It's like sometimes we sit down with a schedule and say, okay, when, when can we do this? And, and it's certainly a challenge to then work on uh, the show time-wise and actually space-wise too. Like a small school like um, um, Lindsay where I've been most of my career doesn't really have a stage that you can rehearse on. So it's like when is the gym floor free is one of the things you know you have to consider, which – uh, a, a lot of schools that have more facilities don't have to worry about that quite so much. I, I know some people share with bands and that sort of thing, but at a small school, it's just amplified. Where are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are these kids, kids free? Um, I've done a lot of rehearsals where uh, you know just the two kids in a certain scene are free at a certain time, or, or you see, oh, neither of them are basketball players, so let's go rehearse. Uh, and so it's it, uh, to me, that's a big challenge uh, in, in a small school is when do you get them together and, and when do you rehearse? Now, this might be a, an odd question too, but that's just what I'm known for. But have you ever felt a show that you've put on stage, whether it be one-act play or not, uh, could have been better be- if you had availability or if you had the more time to uh, have spaces or have the kids that are not double dipping or things like that like if you if you were able to put a little bit more focus a week or two more something like that have you ever felt incomplete if that's if that makes sense to oh, to, to produce uh, a show 
more times than I can tell you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, just, you know, like practically every show, you think it could have been better, and right. then you, you know, you, you, in hindsight, you realize, oh, I should have done that. Or I'm big about, oh, you know, I didn't, I, I should have chosen a different show. I'm, I'm bad about that afterwards. Yeah. But then also, yeah, you do think if we had had a little more time, if we had had a little more time, there, I, yeah, I'll say most of the shows that I've done. Uh, you know, um, they, they, they never quite reach the mark and, and maybe even with time, it would, it's, you know, a lack of talent or effort, usually on my part, maybe the true thing, but you always feel like, mm, if we can have a little more time to fix such and such. So yeah, I'd say the majority of the shows that I've done. Do you have a student that, um, and you don't have to use names, but do you have a student that wasn't expected to be sort of the, the breakout and ended up just shocking everybody and surprising you. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, even maybe one best actor or best performer now, but, uh, that just kind of blew you away. I, I, I have one <laughs> that ended up winning best performer yeah. in a contest that I was like, there's no way, there's no way this kid's going to yeah. win. And he, and he I, won, you know, rightfully so. It's funny, funny you say that, but I, I was just talking about this kid yesterday that, um, that he was so squirrely when he was young and, and like his freshman and sophomore years, he, he was an alternate and I was kind of scared to let him be around the rest of the group. Cause they were, the rest of them were pretty focused and I was worried he was going to distract them all the time. So I was always giving him busy work to keep it, you know, from distracting everybody. Then his junior year, he had a small role in, the, in when I play and it, it was solid in that. But by his senior year, he had kind of grown up, matured and everything. And he just nailed his part. He was best actor all the way, Samuel French Award. And, and he was, you know, probably the best single performance that I've directed in a one-act play was him. And, yeah, and, and his freshman year, I, I, I was really thinking, do I need him in my program? Right. So, you know, you never know. Yeah, that's true. What, uh, what Do you know what he's doing now? Uh, you know, I, I know that he's, he's doing, he does shows on, on, uh, and that sort of thing, you know, community theater kinds of things still and all that. So, um, uh, he's still kind of, um, kind of got the acting bugs, which right. is kind of cool. <laughs> that is kind of cool. Who, do you have a, do you have a claim to fame? Like, do you have somebody that's come out of your program that, um, that's kind of gone on to, to, to do some things in, in the world of theater? I'm assuming no, you have successful yeah. kids, but. Not necessarily always performers. Yeah, you know, I have some people that are amazing teachers now that I'm really proud of. I, you know, if you think about my school, I don't really have theater kids that much, because most of them, you know, like I said a while ago, most of them did multiple things and all that. I don't really have anyone who's a famous performer. I do have some people, like you say, I am really proud of them because they're doctors and lawyers and accountants and. And, and community leaders and that sort of thing. And yeah. and really that's what I'm, in my mind, that's what I'm preparing them for because yeah. a small school like I'm, the chances of them going on to be a big star are just numbers-wise not that great. Right. So I, I don't really make that my focus. Yeah. Um, so no, no household names that are by me, but lots of people um, that um, I'm really, really proud to yeah. know and, I think, I think the, the teachers are the ones that get me in the heart the most. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Like passing it on to the next generation. Yeah. The, um, you know, there are a lot of theater teachers, 
uh, that pride themselves as theater teachers. And there are a lot of theater teachers that pride themselves as kind of like life coaches. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, I think that, I think I'm the latter, but uh, I, I do my best to sprinkle in theater education as well. Yeah, there you go. And there really are, I, I, to me, there are different kinds of theater teachers. And there's some that are kind of nurturers. I'm not sure I'm really a nurturer. But some of them that kind of take some of the kids that are struggling and everything and and help them get in the right direction. And are, ultimately, I think that probably is more important than, yeah, I had a star there on Broadway now, is, is the hundreds of kids that you've helped just tweak them and, and, and help them take a step in the right direction. I really think that's ultimately more important. Right. Right. What is, what is something that um, you've seen at, cause I know I've seen you at the, the six, five and four, a contest as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something that you've seen at one of those contests that you thought would be impossible to pull off for one of your shows? And then you tried it and, Succeeded? Surprised yourself? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm like everybody else. I copy. I certainly do. So I have tried some things. Um, occasionally, some 685A schools have some technology that we may not have access to that's tough for us to get. So that's a challenge there. And of course, 6A and 5A sometimes get into some subject matter that a small school usually stays away from. Um, but certainly, I've, I've, uh, I've stolen so many things. You know, back early in my career, to have seen a couple of uh, um, Luis Munoz directed shows and steal from him like crazy, and then get to know him, and and he's kind of a mentor of mine on a personal level now. Um, so stuff like that's really rewarding. But yeah, I steal from him artistically, and now I kind of steal from him on life advice too. Sure, yeah, I think a lot of people do. As far as virtual theaters concerned, are you? I assume you guys are going back face to face or are you guys going um you guys gonna be teaching online or how's that gonna work for you guys um so um our kids have the option okay um the vast majority are are choosing in person right um i i think partly because of extracurriculars you know it's a small school and right. football is king and, and and volleyball is a big deal at our school so a lot of them are there because then um you know otherwise you can't do the extracurriculars sure. so i think that got a lot of them so for us, a small school, um, we are masking it up and trying to enforce that and reminding the kids if we have to. But, um, um, yeah, the vast majority of uh, our kids are in person. Are you uh, – when do you guys go back? Or are you already back? We, we actually started. We've been three days now. Okay. Uh, and how's, how's it gone? <laughs> how's it gone so far? Um, different. Yeah. Certainly. You know, I've teaching a long time, and this is like nothing else. Yeah. We're all uh, first-year teachers, yeah. Yes, we really are. It's gone as well as you could hope, sure. I would say. Uh, are you concerned, like, if so if you guys end up having to kind of go home, if you will, for the virtual side of things, are, do you mm-hmm. think you're ready to to take on that beast? Or do you think I, I you... Think, I think so. Yeah. I, 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 well, I, I prepared in my mind over the summer to, what, to be full virtual. That was what I had in my mind. So, um, so if if we have to do that, I I I, I hope that I'm ready. Um, you know, I'm I'm using Google Classroom. Yeah. Um, started using that back uh, in March of last year. So I, I'm I'm a little more versed with that now. Certainly, I I'm I'm still technically challenged in some ways, but I, I 
I feel like I'm confident in that. Um, and I've done some Zoom meetings and that sort of thing for various reasons. So I, I feel like it won't be a total disaster if we have to do that. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I just uh, I just talked to um, a dance teacher that's at a private school down here in Houston, and uh, she was telling me her her biggest challenge is you know it's not the it's not the curriculum that you're putting online. It's you know as somebody that has to stand up and show physical movement, the camera you know, you show your hands and okay, flare out your hands and do this. And then when you start kicking, which is almost immediately right after they can't see your feet. So you have to then go <laughs> to the camera, adjust the camera, you know, and so it's, it's just yeah. a constant back and forth. She's getting more exercise being virtual than, uh, than, than being in person. So, uh, it's, yeah. it's a different beast getting, getting used to uh, it. For me to see an image of myself, it would kind of make me cringe. So, <laughs> yeah, you. Can, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, you can you you know change up the lighting a little bit or have a window behind you so that so that all they see is the uh, silhouette of Mister Hurdle. So, <laughs> yeah, good idea. That would be fun. Um, going back to the Luis Munoz comment, what is a piece of advice that he has given you that you have taken and just run with it and continue to follow it today? Oh man, so many. Yeah. Can't choose one. I'll choose uh, a few. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, actually, um, kind of referring back to the story I told about that one student a while ago, I, I remember him saying, saying, don't don't ever think you know who's going to be the one, because he has a similar story of finding a kid in ISS. He was watching ISS one day, covering that, saw this kid, said, I think that kid has potential. So then he approached the kid, got him part of the program, and he ended up being uh, you know, one of his you know, outstanding um, 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 kids. And so I think to have an open mind about where potential might be, I think that's good. Uh, kind of creatively, to kind of broaden your mind creatively, I would think is the second thing. <clears throat> like to, to think outside the box. I think I, I learned a lot about thinking outside the box um, from him about I, 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 a lot of people talk about, I, I do a lot of shows like with found objects and trying to use things in unusual ways, staging wise. And a lot of that I either stole or was inspired by, or at least the notion of it. And, and I was encouraged to do things like that by Luis to, to, to expand creatively. So I think that was a big thing too. And then kind of, he, he helped also with the attitude of the concept. It's, you know, this is a subjective world we're in, and and sometimes your shows, they fall into place and they're magical, and some shows are a struggle, and to kind of keep, you know, the even keel and, and uh, how to just stay focused, and, and, and sometimes your show does not advance, and, and it should have. Sometimes your show advances when, when you probably should have gone down. So to handle all that appropriately, I say, would, would be a third. Yeah. Is there, and I've asked this to a few people too, uh, is there a show you feel got away and that you would love to try maybe one day to, to remount to see if you can recapture the magic that you that you hoped you had captured the first time? Yeah, oh, it's more than one. Yeah, more than one. Is it, uh, uh, were they one-act plays or were they uh, just, you know, community uh, shows? Actually, some of each, some of each. Yeah, Some yeah. of each. Uh, and, and some of it was, you know, I... I didn't know enough then. I was inexperienced. Sure. I tried to do that show before I should have. 
Um, I've redone a few shows. Um, uh, like I did Caucasian Truck Circle early on, and I think I wasn't ready for it. And I, I revisited it a few years later and, and had a much better grasp of how to do it. Several show, other shows like that that I did and I maybe wasn't ready for. What, uh, what would... Then, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to ask, what would, what would now wise, experienced, seasoned Craig tell uh, first, second, third year inexperienced Craig? <laughs> uh, well, uh, actually, one of the things in a small school you kind of end up doing is, you know, you're working on acting, but in a small school, sometimes you're covering up weaknesses because you are, you're, you're dealing with kids that this is the only play maybe they're ever going to be in or, or they're going to be in two or three plays ever. Um, um, some of the five, eight, six, eight people, their kids are in five shows a year. Well, um, in, in a smaller school, you're, you're dealing with, you're, you're trying to bring up somebody who hasn't had much experience. So how to showcase and how to make it easier on them and then and how not to put them in a bad situation. Uh, I, I think that would be one thing I learned. Um, I, I think another thing that um, I did not understand uh, early on is that plays are a mixture of things. I thought, you know, dramas, we had to be really serious on every line, every moment. And the comedies, we had to try and make every line silly or whatever. But plays are a mixture of those things, and we don't know what's going to be something funny and then it's serious and then it's all over. That's what makes plays good, mixtures. I think that was a big turning point for me. Uh, and I guess the third thing is, like, every little moment, there's so many special things in a play. Um, so you got to work moments and get them right. Uh, and the, when I first started out, I didn't know that we, I, I had the big picture idea right, but I didn't know how to work moments. So I guess those things I would tell myself now, uh, if I could go back. Minor Wisdom.